man-to-man, one-on-one coverage because the safety rolls to Jefferson's side. This guy's like becoming like a circus act. Like he could, <laughs> he could do, he could do this. Von Rock caught a ball with his thighs. We didn't nah, even talk about that. it. Was more of with his ass. If he throws a good ball, this is a running, catching touchdown, untouched. Right. To become who we want to be as individuals, and at the end of the day, that's how it's be a successful offense. Like, the KP does like these flips after every win. Now I'm like just waiting for him to do his flips. You can tune in anywhere that you guys follow us on social media. Shout out to Jalen Ramsey. He sucks. <laughs> Welcome to the Practice Squad Podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by my co-host Mark. Free agency's like kind of winding down a little bit. We just enjoyed, you know, four days straight of March Madness basketball. It's a good time to be a sports fan. It's been exciting. I know Mark and I are really fired up about the Lions moves. Mark, how you doing, dude? Dude, I'm okay. I uh, watched a horrible movie last night. Um, but before we, I go on a little quick rant about that movie, John is struggling with his sleep schedule coming back from Hawaii. But how was Hawaii besides the lagging effects right now? Straight up, I have, like, I'm never usually a guy that's, like, upset to leave a vacation. Like, usually I'm kind of ready to get back to work and, like, things like that. After, you know, when I'm on a trip, I, I'm kind of like a homey person. I like to be back at my, you know, my place, my routine, all that good stuff. Um, I was devastated to leave Hawaii. That was the most amazing vacation I've ever been on. Um, we did a lot of really cool shit. We went up uh, to, you know, like a, a dormant volcano. It looked like the surface of Mars, which is pretty cool. Road to Hana, which is just like a giant strip of like nature. Ate easily the best seafood I've ever had in my entire life. Went to a luau. Just good ass time all around. Uh, feeling definitely like relaxed, refreshed, good to go. Sounds like you saw a horrible movie though. And I do want to hear about this because you said it, <laughs> apparently it was supposed to be a good movie, right? It's supposed to be a good movie. So I don't, I don't want to, you know, spoil, spoil alert for people out there that are listening. If you haven't seen the movie Memento by Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan made this movie and I'm listen, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Pretty Lots I've never seen a movie. Never seen a movie by him I didn't like up until right. last night, right? So I'm going into it. I'm I had some some downtime. I was like, I'm going to watch this movie and I was like, you know, I asked my brother, he was home. I was like, what, you know, let's scroll through. We saw it. I'm like, I heard really good things. He's like, well, I've never heard anything about it. Let's let's watch it. Memento, uh basically the plot is this guy has short-term memory issues. He can remember everything in his life up to an incident. And then he, during this incident, he hit his head and he can't form new memories. So the entire movie is like, it's out of order as well. It's like not a just timeline that goes straight. So you're like, it's just bouncing around. That part kind of bothered me as well. Um, there's some movies that pull it Don't off. Don't watch That's Pulp one. Fiction then. Imagine. No, no, I, I also <laughs> am not a huge fan of Pulp Fiction. Um, what? I am. All right. I, I swear. I have a bone to pick with that take. Fiction. That might be that might be the take I disagree with the most that you've ever had. So, no, I, I don't hate time. Pulp Fiction. I'm not a huge fan of it. I think it's overrated. Um, okay. Okay. But I don't hate it. I don't. I would watch it again. I'm just saying. I think it's overrated. But Memento has a stupid ending. I never was really like entertained. It was just kind of like this. You know, it just felt like a storyline that was just like what eh, you know like it, for mm. christopher nolan expectations i was extremely let down by it um stupid ending don't watch it if you haven't seen it that's my t- that's my final take on it it's okay. not worth it a different piece of media that we both i think watched in our entirety at this point is the last of us what's your yeah. now that you've seen the entire season of that what's your your full takeaway was it worth your time did you see the end really coming spoiler yes. alert for that for the for yeah those. spoiler a lot of spoiler alerts going on i liked the last of us a lot thought it was a really good show 
Um, they're setting up obviously for season two. I think that's going to be based off the second game that I've already started to see some hints on what that's going to be about, which I think is going to be awesome. I thought the final episode was great. Um, some of the love story episodes surprised me. Didn't expect to see those. I think they did really well with those. Um, the show overall was really good. I think there were some slow points probably could have had a little more action. Uh, but the action that they did have was awesome. So, yeah, I, I think that was the main complaint, even from like the video gamers where we're actually two things. They, they rushed some of the plot points that took a long time in the game. I don't really agree with that take as much because of the fact that like, of course, it's going to feel longer when you're playing through a, you know, a 20 hour playtime game or something like that. But then the second thing is that there really wasn't that many zombies in it all around. And so yeah. like a little bit more zombies would have been nice. And I do agree with that that point yeah I, and um, I, from what i've heard there's more in the second season of that kind yeah. of action so they said they're gonna roll with that i'm happy that you liked it uh that game that story is pretty near and dear to my heart i'm excited for you to play the game i'm sure you'll you'll try it at some point um yeah dude, like one thing i love is just how morally conflicted you feel watching that because you're like obviously rooting for joel but like dude's kind of a piece of shit right <laughs> you have to yeah i mean i feel conflict. like it's like that's the whole the selfish asshole that i'm learning to love through watching this you know <laughs> yeah i don't uh i i think i would have done the same thing i think i don't know i think it's a hard i don't think there was a wrong decision made i just think it was you know he he didn't do anything for the wrong reasons so i don't think that you can really bash it a lot right. of people have strong opinions on that um i've been on a big rocket league wave in terms of the gaming you know the gaming world <laughs> making I'm, a resurgence oh yeah i, I it's that game I could play, it never gets bored, boring for me, ever. So what I've got, and you know, like, I don't have nearly as much time to game as I used to, which makes me sad, because I, I freaking love video games. But what I do with uh, Zach, who helps us out with the show, and Evan, who uh, did a lot of the art for the Practice Squad pod, is uh, we'll play Zero Build Fortnite, because none of us are really any good whatsoever at Fortnite. And so, like, when we have to play people that build against us, we can't keep up. But that game is like super fun if you're just trying to hang with your buds. And just... Dude, the building, the building techs ruined that game, and people got so good at building. Dude, um, five story house, like in like, yeah, dude. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> so zero build, it made the game a lot better for me. I, I love playing it. The now. old school Fortnite was, I loved that. And then when yeah. people started getting way too way too damn good at building i was like i can't keep up with this dude people are literally you, you gotta you gotta building. squat up with uh with yeah dude Evan and zach and i you got uh, people building like the empire state building in three clicks <laughs> i'm like what the hell is that thing that just popped up you know can't yeah, play dude. can't can't beat those guys can't even compete all right so we're seven minutes in we have yet to mention anything related to football so we'll get we'll give you guys just kind of what this episode is going to be First of all, I was going to be talking about our favorite free agency teams. And then Mark and I each uh, selected a least favorite free agency team. Um, we're going to be talking a lot of Lions because, spoiler alert, they were probably one of the best free agency teams. Not the best free agency the best. team in, in Mark and I's opinion. Um, we're probably going to do a mock draft for them, too, just to kind of talk about some, some scenarios and possibilities. Uh, and we're going to talk Sweet 16. Right, 16. What, what happened in March Madness for the first weekend? Um, My bracket doesn't look too hot. I, I kind of anticipated that, but honestly, <laughs> I wanted, I did, I said I was going to absolutely flame you when, when nothing you wanted to happen happened. But actually, 
you're right about two things. Big 10, not very good. And one seeds also really struggling. So you were right about both of those. The problem is that if you build a bracket based on upsets, you're not going to pick the right upsets, in my opinion. Like that's just kind of what happens. Now, me, on the other hand, I'm in third place out of a group of like 30 people right now, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, The only issue is I have Duke going all the way, but my Midwest bracket is perfect. And one of my other brackets, I think only have one wrong in. So like that's just kind of carrying me right that's now. That's carrying like, you up to the top. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Duke Duke broke my heart. I had them winning the whole thing. So <laughs> All right, so we're in the same boat there. Yeah. Yeah, they flubbed that game bad too. Like they that was so winnable. So it, it was it was rough. But um let's get into free agency stuff. We got a lot to talk about um in relation to that. So uh let me get my screen shared here and we're going to do top five teams with an honorable mention. And then uh, we are going to talk about the teams that we think did the worst. So first team that we're going to chat about, number six on this list, is the Carolina Panthers. Um, Mark and I originally had them in the top five, and then we decided that there's another team that we think outperformed. Um, so biggest thing, right? They're locked in for who their next franchise quarterback is going to be, which I think is a positive takeaway. Wentz you know, signed uh, Thielen, which I've heard veteran receiver goes both ways on whether or not that's a good move. They got Miles Sanders who, you know, I think he's, he was technically the two back last year, but he's easily a starting caliber running back. It's kind of running back by committee in the NFL at this point. Anyways, um, added a little beef to their offensive and defensive line. I got Hayden Hurst at tight ends, which I is not the worst move in the world. They got your favorite, your favorite ginger there. Yeah, and then this is the rough one. Is uh, obviously he's going to be their their two quarterback. Uh, you know, maybe that vet in the room to help train up whoever they tr- take uh, number one overall. But then they got Andy Dalton. Um, trying to think that those are all the ones I remember off the top of my head. So Von Bell's a big time safety too. I Von think. Bell is yeah at safety's pretty good move. Uh, Shy Tuttle at nose tackle, uh, formerly of the Saints. Man, why are they? They're stealing a couple guys from the Saints in free agency. That's interesting. So my biggest thing, honestly, though, is that I think knock them out of the top five for me is, one, they had to trade a decent amount of capital away to get that first overall pick, um, including Moore, who is you know was their best receiver, is super talented now with the Bears. I don't think Thielen's an adequate replacement, so they better know what they're going to do to address the receiver position in the draft or something along those lines, right? So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, I think Thielen's closer than than people realize to what DJ Moore is. I think Thielen kind of had a production drop with the rise of Jefferson, right? I mean, the ball can only be thrown so many times, and you obviously are going to have a favorite target. And listen, when you're a really, really good receiver – but the receiver, one of the, I don't know, 14, 15 receivers that are better than you in the whole league are on your team, your production's going to drop, right? So Thielen's going to be, I think, back up in terms of production. And then, like I said, you know, getting that number one overall pick is big because you get your franchise quarterback. You have a quarterback-friendly head coach who has developed other quarterbacks really, really well, has plenty of experience doing that. Yeah. And, and that's a part they, of this free agency. That's a thing, huge by the way, part of this, is right? Coaching, coaching, obviously. Yeah. Reich built an amazing staff around him. Amazing. And that's staff. why we think that the Panthers are probably going to be a pretty decent team. This amazing next year. staff, 
you know, and if you're going to go and get a young quarterback like a CJ Stroud is what I think the rumors are, you know, after his combine performance of why the timing of when they made that trade with the Bears, it, it's pretty likely it's CJ Stroud with the first pick. If that's your guy, you want to have the most friendly situation for him to come into going and getting a guy like Thielen, who is going to be a very big help to a young quarterback, getting Hayden Hurst, a reliable tight end, having an offensive line unit that's going to be bulked up probably in the draft, having a great experienced coaching staff around CJ Stroud, right? Um, it's having a strong running game, getting Miles Sanders, right? Like all of that stuff is important if you're going to have a successful young guy come in. It, so many times we've seen young guys come in and get thrown into the fire and just on terrible teams with no help. And you got to wait three, four years, you know, as they develop, you Justin know, what really Fields. speeds up the development process, having a good team around him, yeah. right? Because you'll see his talent and his confidence skyrocket earlier than expected when the team around him has experience, can help him, can make him look better than he is at times. And that's, that's what important. I think is like these moves between Hurst, Thielen, Sanders are about reliability. I don't think these are the best athletes in the world i think they're very reliable athletes yeah. when the ball's thrown their way they're gonna catch it they have a lot of experience they run good routes they know they have a high football iq all of those things right um that will hopefully have help him kind of develop faster i will say this about Thielen, though i think his production drop yes is partially related to jefferson i also think it's related to the fact though that he is getting older and slowing down there were so many times this past season when i was watching the vikings and Thielen just didn't run his route properly or was getting shut down by whatever corner he was going up against. And he's bitching for pass interference after the play. And like, don't get me wrong, like any receiver, you know, kind of goes ref what the hell like every once in a while. It was like a regular basis. I think I saw it at least once every single game that he played in. I think his his actual athletic ability is probably starting to catch up with his age a little bit. And that's kind of my big opinion on this is like Moore was a lot younger so you, I would hope you're looking to address wide receiver in rounds two or three for the Panthers. So that's just kind of my take on it. Yeah, I, I, I think there's definitely some aging there, but I think he's still a high caliber receiver and definitely a guy that totally. you want to have on, on your team with a young quarterback. You Absolutely. Know, I, think. I, I think he's a good number two for sure, but Moore was a number one. So it's like, you know, uh, again, depends on what they do in the draft here. I think it was a good guy to lock in. Um, there's still some holes to fill though, but I guess this is kind of like year one of a, of a rebuild for the Panthers. And honestly, yeah. they're looking like roughly a 500 team in my opinion. So, um, you know, definitely not off to a super uh, bad start. Uh, moving on to team number five, we got the Dallas Cowboys. Now it pains Mark and I to say this because we kind of are Cowboys haters. Um, but look, they got Cooper rush. Honestly, I'll say it, maybe the best number two quarterback in the league based off of how he played last year. Like, if you're looking for a guy wins, quarterback, man. he was winning guy wins, games, he's... high completion percentage, lower number of interceptions than Dak. Like, he it's... knows the system. He's been around. It's not often you see a guy like, like Cooper who has experience in starts, won mm -hmm. those games, looked really good in a lot of those games, has been around for six, seven years and doesn't get a, you know, he could have probably went elsewhere, got a contract and competed for a starting spot. He chose to stay. I think he likes where he's at. I think he likes the situation he's in. Chose to stay, in a, and kudos to the Cowboys for recognizing his value. You know, he might not play every Sunday, but something happens to Dak, God forbid, or, you know, or Dak isn't your guy, 
and you realize that, and they just kind of how they realize Zeke might not be the guy after they already had paid him. Cooper's not a bad guy to have on your team, you know, because you can still win games and compete with that defense and with all these other additions that John's going to cover right now. And it's it low cost, high impact move, yes. in my opinion. And yeah. then they got Ronald Jones, which to me, I'm not as excited about the Jones signing. I'm excited about the fact that they cut Zeke, right? That's really what they needed That's to huge. do. Yeah. Um, Zeke's last play as a Dallas Cowboy was getting pancaked at center, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, we got to put it this way. His production clearly dropped in the past couple of years. Tony Pollard is objectively the better running back at this point. They need to make room to probably keep Pollard in the future. Hopefully they learn from their mistake, not to sign like a massive multi-million dollar extension um, whenever that time rolls around for Pollard. But point being, they needed to let Zeke go. They needed to free up that cap space in the future. I think it was a good move. And Jones is a pretty solid two back as well. So yeah, you 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 probably upgraded honestly. Jones, I think in that system will probably give you more pace, give you more of a change up than Zeke was able to. Listen, Zeke kept gaining weight and his production went down. No, let's, let's call it how it is. Um, he wasn't the same player that he was when they gave him that money. And Tony Pollard was just a better player. I mean, everybody in the world could see it it was just like they were in denial they're like oh no zeke we paid zeke so he's our guy well right. they finally they finally understood that you know sometimes what you're watching is it is what it is like tell me Pollard's better let's get rid of the guy we paid a shit ton of money to for nothing yeah and look you you gotta you know just kind of rip that band-aid off especially at the running back position if it's taking up that much gap space um yeah. Another uh, huge one is they really loaded up at cornerback, which makes the Dallas Cowboys defense pretty scary. Obviously, they got Gilmore, and then they also got Goodwin, who's a pretty solid corner as well. Uh, add some depth there. I mean, with Diggs on the other side of the ball there, that is a scary defensive backfield, complementing a very good front seven. So um, pretty stoked on that move for them. Um, and then also, you know, a big one is Cooks. Obviously, they went and got Cooks. Um, I think that's probably one of the better receiver signings out of this entire free agency class as well. So here's what here's what here's what you kind of covered, John, and I'm going to kind of summarize it. And so mm -hmm. it's very clear for people, right? The the most important thing when you're a Dallas Cowboys team and you're and you're right there on the fringe of contending for a Super Bowl, you have to complement the stars that you have, right? So your star player on offense. You got Dak Prescott, who you've given a lot of money. He's supposed to be your star. And then you have CeeDee Lamb, right? CeeDee Lamb, I think, is a top 10 receiver in the NFL. I think he's grossly underrated. He had he was asked to do everything for them last year. You yeah. add Brandon Cooks on the other side of CeeDee Lamb. They're both going to have more productive seasons now. Maybe not to, like their stats aren't going to rise, but they're going to just be better as a team and together. Having a duo like that, you see Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. You see Waddle and Hill. Now they have somewhere in that comparable – area at receiver which will help deck okay you throw Gallup in there as well you have three legitimate receivers on your team on the defensive side of the ball you have micah parsons like you said you have a strong front seven that can create turnovers and can pressure the quarterback you had Diggs, who can create turnovers and he's a pretty good corner when he's not guessing routes you add in a former mvp candidate let's not forget two three years ago stefan gilmore was literally in the mvp not defensive player of the year mvp conversation when he was with new england I, a lot of people will say it's a system thing no, you don't go into the MVP, you know, conversation just because Unless you're, you're just a system guy, especially good. when you're a exactly. corner. I mean, that's the hardest position in football. And um, having him now to compliment Diggs and then those two complimenting each other with the front seven 
in front of them to force quarterbacks to want to get rid of the ball. Very, very friendly for that defense to have all those guys mixed together, helping each other out. And their defense was already really good last year. Let's let's call it how it is. Top, I mean, top five defense for sure. Top five Absolutely. defense. Let's call it how it is. That was not their problem last year. And they still addressed it as if it was a problem. That's what I really like is those teams that are, they're not complacent with where they're at. Jerry said, listen, I don't know how many more years I got left. You know, let's let's go. Let's get this. Let's get this thing. And that's going. been the narrative for a while is that he's very impatient. He wants a Super Bowl before, uh, you know, he's he's because he doesn't look too great. You know, I and he's he had his he's had a lot of success with the Cowboys. He wants to, you know, I think he wants to have some more glory before he, you know, calls it a day. Right. right. So <laughs> it's kind of like now or never, especially with this whole Dax contract situation. So. I love the Cowboys moves. You could easily argue that maybe they should be higher on this list, but yeah, we got them at five. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number four on our list are the Miami Dolphins. So there's so much I want to talk about with them. Um, first of all, right, really improved the defense. Uh, they got Elliott from the Lions, who's a damn good safety, and they got Jalen Ramsey. Uh, again, improving that defensive backfield. That's super impressive. Um, they also had a big running back signing that I'm forgetting, and he's going to be their two back behind them um, as well. Oh, yeah, Gaskin, right? Um, so, I mean, running back room is really good. Obviously, they they beefed up their offensive line last they year. They extended Raheem Mostert, they, too. Yeah, they extended that, Right, Mostert. and they, they extended Mostert, who is fast as shit, by the way. For One those of the who fastest are not, guys, yeah, in the This league. might be the fastest team in the league when you're taking oh, without you question. Know, Hill, Waddle, Mostert. Like, there is a lot of speed on this team, which makes Tua's job really easy. Um, and then also, another reason, right, talking about this, this two-quarterback situation um, with Cooper Rush, they did the exact same there. They went and got Mike White. I think that was genius of them to go got to have that. someone more reliable Tua having injury issues. They need somebody reliable. Um, that's a common got... theme, John. That's a common theme we're seeing with some of these teams that are like on that contending bubble. They don't want to leave any doubt. Right. So like even a backup quarterback, a lot of teams won't invest or spend time trying to get the right backup quarterback there. They're especially with Tua as your starter, who's had the injury concerns. Like even if you don't have a quarterback with injury concerns, you never know. Right. So if you have a team around that quarterback, that's, capable of winning a Super Bowl, which they do have the roster aside from quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You got to go get a guy that you can trust to throw in there if something does happen to your starter. And Mike White showed last year that he's got that potential. I think he learns sitting behind Tua, learning from Mike McDaniel. And they, like you said, got the defense stronger as well. This is a serious contender and probably the best division in football now, um, you could argue. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, also, David Long Jr., along with his name being hilarious. He's an absolute steal. Absolute steal. He's a stud. He is very, very good. Um, trying to, I don't think I missed anybody um, out of anybody major. So, yeah, the Dolphins, they're ready to run it back. I mean, they really went crazy in free agency, kind of like they did last year. I don't know what their cap situation looks like overall. I, I don't know if the Bills kind of going to catch up with them in the next year or two here. But simply put, like, Tua's in a good position again. I think that they're going to have a lot of success next year. Uh, maybe, you know, not getting knocked out of the playoffs in the first round against the Bills. Like, they look damn good. So, um, and obviously to here too is McDaniel there, too. Yeah, Lots to be excited there. You know, a lot, of, a lot of new guys that aren't new guys anymore, right? And then you mix those guys that, have our, that are in year two. Um, their coach, 
Tyreek Hill, guys like that. You bring in a bunch of these new guys that'll fit in on the defense. It's a serious, serious threat in that division and in the AFC. Yeah, absolutely. And and a very, I mean, that entire division is is crazy now, which is, you know, kind of a good segue. We're making the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is on the Jets to have them be the the number three team here. Um, I would which, argue they're the second best, but you could put them at two or three. Yeah, and so I'm going to just, like, assume that's a lock because from what it sounds like it, it's going to be, it's uh, it makes sense for both parties to make this happen. Obviously, Green Bay doesn't want to, you know, pay Aaron Rodgers. Um, it's just probably going to take a while for them to get it worked out. It sounds like it might take another, you know, three weeks up to the draft maybe. So we'll see what's happening there. But look, simply put, Rodgers absolutely changes. They got kind of uh, refreshed the receiver room. They got rid of more, which stinks for him. He's a great player, and I would have liked to see him play with Aaron Rodgers, but they did get a second-round pick for him. That, uh, which, which is a probably for them. Yeah, and they'll probably use that on a receiver. Um, they got uh, Hardman, who's a pretty good receiver. Obviously, you already have Wilson, and then they signed Alan Lazard, who I think is a very underappreciated receiver because he has a skill set kind of like a tight end. He's a very hard blocker. He's really aggressive in that Takes sense. Takes pride in blocking, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, their receiver room's looking really good. Uh, I think McCole, Hard I think Sorry, McCole Hardman is um, a little bit overrated. I think him with any other team. Obviously, him with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, I think his production is going to be, you know, whatever with the Jets. Um, but he's now, a speed it, guy. It he's a speed guy. The, he can. He'll help speed. open up the other guys. You know what I mean? He'll help open up the other guys. They'll get him the ball in some. Yeah. Like six ways, million but, dollar cap hit, so you know a little less than what we paid like DJ Chark last year, for example. Um, hoping that the Lions end up re-signing him uh, as of recording this podcast. Nothing's happened there yet. Um, beefed up their offensive line a little bit which is obviously helpful if you kind of have an aging quarterback that you plan on protecting um i'm trying to see if there's anything else here obviously re-signed their punter and kicker um and uh apparently signed quincy williams too which i that's think I missed. also but big. that's that's pretty big yeah he was a stud for them their defense in general is really good it sounds like they just kept everything the same over there and why wouldn't you well, they, I think they were, were so young already to begin with you know right so that's they basically just kept all those young guys and brought in a super bowl caliber quarterback mvp two times in the last three seasons and you just you put him back with his oc that helped him get those mvps and Daniel hackett so those two clearly have the chemistry we've talked about that before on the show but I, I, you have to realize how important that chemistry is in terms of the quarterback OC relationship and how important that's going to be in terms of how fast you can come into a new system. And it's right. really not a new system. I say new system, a new team, new guys. The system's the same. He's familiar with the system. So he's going right. to come in. It's not a new system. He doesn't have to learn new stuff. He just basically has to build the chemistry with his guys, which having Alan Lazard come in with him is going to help. Um it's, and it then obviously like, like really Salah being a defensive guy, like you, you can right. The defense will take care of it. The yeah. defense will take care of business. Rogers is the question mark, honestly, that comes in, but he's not much of a question mark when you have an OC he's familiar with a receiver that he's familiar with. And then a bunch of young guys that sound like they'd be willing to learn. Right. And like that are hungry to win because let's face it. The jets haven't won in a long time. The jets are a lot like the Detroit lions and everything seems to be going right for the New York Jets, right? Just as we'll probably say in a second here with the Lions as well, everything, everything is lining up for the New York Jets. And here's one thing I'm a little bit worried about, John. 
because of how well the New York Jets are doing in free agency, how well they did last year with Zach Wilson at quarterback, bringing in an MVP, a Super Bowl caliber guy like Aaron Rodgers, having the weapons around him with that defense. Are we going to see the Lions advance to their, our first Super Bowl in our lifetimes and maybe our only one we'll ever see and then play against Aaron Rodgers and get our hearts ripped out and he'll just eat it in front of us? I mean, honestly, I would uh, absolutely love to see a Lions-Jet Super Bowl because that is just the coolest shit ever. Those are two teams that I think nobody in the past 20 years has ever said they have a you know a, a chance in hell to make it to the Super Bowl. And I think both teams legitimately have a path there. Um, the Jets Both teams are legitimate have- contenders, man. In the in oh. the AFC, it just scares me, dude. Because I I just it would be the most demoralizing thing ever for the Lions to get there and and, the, and to lose obviously sucks and it's heartbreaking. But to lose to Aaron Rodgers, oh my here's god! The, here's the thing to me though is that like I truly think that the Lions are built to be a damn good team for as long as Brad Holmes is manager. Like I really do truly believe that in my heart that like Holmes is the guy for this organization and he is going to continue to make us a really, really good team for the next three, five years to come. I'm just, I'm the way he, he operates as a manager is like, it's, it should be a case study for, you know, the Raiders of the NFL and stuff like that. Like it really should be. So We'll see. Obviously, speaking purely hypothetical, I do agree with you that if I lost to Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl on the freaking Jets of all places, I'd be really pissed. But I can also say this. NFC might be the Lions next year. I'm freaking ready to go on that. We got one more team to talk about before we talk about the Lions, um, and that's the Bears. And look, Mark and I really talked this over uh, a decent amount last podcast. My stance essentially still stays the same. I'm really impressed with their ability to uh, get as much as possible out of their number one overall pick. They're locked and loaded for not only this draft, but next draft without having to give away a whole lot at all. Um, Moore was a great signing for Fields. They went and beefed up their offensive line, uh, you know, signed Foreman, who is, I think, an underrated running back. Tunyon, who's a pretty damn good tight end. Um, And then two heels, huge linebacker deals and also PJ Walker, which I think is that's a, good, a good backup to have again, yeah, good key yeah. backup. That's, you see that common theme guy teams that think that they're, you know, they're, they're trying to reassure their team having a legitimate backup, right? Yeah. For so long backup quarterbacks were like, ah, no one cares for a long time in the league. If we're being right. honest, now it's like um, your quarterback gets injured. Your season is over. If you don't have a good yeah. guy to back him up um, in the modern NFL, 100%. So um, my biggest qualm with what the Bears did overall is that they shelled out a shit ton of money to three guys, which was Edmonds, Davis, and uh, Edwards, right? So two linebackers, which I, I just can't say that linebackers are really a position of value to pay massive long-term high guaranteed money contracts to, and they did that for two people. And then you have interior offensive line, which again is not as important to address as say your tackles, right? Your exterior offensive line. And they shelled out a ton of guaranteed money to all three of those guys. I, I talked about it at length last time. So I'm not going to like sit here and, and, you know, uh, continue to talk about it. That's just the one place where I kind of pause a little bit on the bears free agency is you had all this cap space to work with and you shell out a ton on three guys. I, they're not in I'll, a bad cap situation, but still. I'll, I'll disagree with you there on the linebacker cap situation thing. Only because, you know, you had Roquan Smith, who's one of the best linebackers in the league, 
you traded him right so you you had a void there at the linebacker spot and you got two really good backers and really athletic guys that can move side to side that that you that can cover as well in the passing game so um i think you needed to pay guys there and you know if you can get two of them you get two of them especially with the bears it feels like they feel like this is their time uh and and with fields rising they they seem to be doubled down you know doubling down on the fact that he's their guy so I think you got to get the defense right, you know, and I, I don't know. I think those are two guys that you won't regret signing. And I know they paid them, but I think, I think it was the right move. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just tough because of what line, the, the role of the linebacker in the modern NFL, it's kind of tough for me, but also like them having a good linebacker or like, you know, a good like versatile edge rusher has always kind of been like a bear's staple. And you talk about guys like Khalil Mack and uh, Roquan, obviously, so um, I don't know, like, I guess like just kind of keeping that brand alive with the bears is, is kind of interesting, but you know, it's besides the Dick that, Buckus effect, dude, <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. <laughs> you think um, bears, you think Dicka and, and, and Dick Buckus, that's yep, what you think of. Oh, that's so good. Um, but yeah, so the last one that we got to talk about obviously is the lions. And this is going to segue into kind of a, a mock draft. Um, sorry, I'm pulling up a, I have all of these memorized, but I guess it's just nice for something to stare at rather than the bears while we chat about it. Look, one thing I love about Brad Holmes is that he is aggressive without being stupid. And he's a great value evaluator in the draft and has consistently gotten value. And I can honestly say that the problem areas that we address, we can literally just draft best player available for the rest of the draft, not even think about it, just whoever Brad Holmes thinks is a dog, regardless of what position they play. And I would feel so good about that entire situation. Our entire defensive backfield had a complete makeover. And it was what, shortly after we released last week's podcast that they signed CJ Gardner-Johnson who for anybody who watches this podcast knows is one of my very favorite defensive players. John said we should sign CJ CJ Gardner Johnson like 3 months ago by the way. Like yeah, close to like after the, you know, Super Bowl had ended and we were starting to talk about we were basically previewing free agency. It wasn't even on the horizon yet. And John goes, "Yeah, CJ Gardner Johnson, if we can find a way to work something out and, and pull him in." And that was really the only guy John wanted to get. Then you want to talk about all the other moves getting Sutton. David Montgomery on, on our offensive yeah. side of the ball to replace yeah. Jamal Williams, who I don't care what anyone says. It is a upgrade. He's a better player than totally Jamal Williams. An upgrade. Totally Jamal an upgrade. Williams was a good culture guy. He was a fan favorite. You can't let your heart get in the way of your mind here, especially when it's free agency. Love Jamal Williams. It was good to see him as a lion. Sad to see him go, but it was the right call because we upgraded. We got better on offense. And then you look at our defense. Secondary was the problem. Emmanuel Mosley getting Cam Sutton. And then obviously, John, you called it three months ago, and then somehow it happened. C.J. Gardner-Johnson choosing to come here, honestly, for less money than the Eagles were offering to get him to stay in Philly. He wanted to come here. Uh, he has a history with Aaron Glenn, I think, since high yep. school. Yep. Um, so, listen, I mean, everything that they've done, and then you look at the draft, like John said, right, and and just the shift, and I, and I posted a long TikTok about this. You want to see a recap from last season until now of why the Lions are – worth being talked about right now and it's because guys want to stay here okay and they're accepting less money to stay here you have guys that are coming here okay and accepting less money than we've ever had to pay we used to have to overpay like crazy to get at any average now they're, now they're taking pay cuts they're to taking come here. pay cuts to come here right we have guys that we stole from within our division like david montgomery so we made the bears worse 
okay, to get him to come. And then you have guys like Micah Parsons and a lot of the people in in the world that just hate on. I mean, that you should see the comments on these videos. It's just people that don't even they're not Detroit fans. They're not really even a fan of anything. They just hate Detroit because we've always sucked. They're used they're used to us being bad. And the it's entire just, idea that we're like good to go for next season is like crazy to them. And I mean, like Parsons is coping here hard. Like we we had again arguably the best free agency in the entire NFL and Parsons is still coping with it. He's still like, coping, right? Oh, I didn't say no one wanted to just Jalen Ramsey. Well, here's the thing, right? Jalen Ramsey can go to Miami and, and go load up on the dolphins. And that's a good move for him. And they, that's a good move for that team. But here's the thing. Okay. People want to come to Detroit. People want to come to Detroit. It's become a clear thing. And I'll say this, not only do we have a better free agency than Dallas, I think we had the best overall free agency. Okay. And let you want to talk about LA. Okay. How do the Rams do in free agency? Micah. Yeah. They did nothing. Right. They lost Ramsey in a, in a trade that was lopsided. Right. Okay. Right. They lost Bobby Wagner. Who's the leader of their defense. Probably the best player on their defense over Ramsey. They lost Matt Gay, who was their only pro bowler. I think on the team last year, if I, I mean, we can fact check that. I think maybe that uh, what Robinson asked for a trade. So he's probably Robinson's not be on the theme. out of there. Matthew, they lost Baker Mayfield to the bucks. Okay. So you don't have a backup quarterback. Talk about Matthew how important Stafford. a backup quarterback is right. Yeah. Now. I, you know, and, so what did the Rams do in free agency? If it's such an attractive place, how come no big names were going there this offseason, right? Right. No, That's it's, all. it's really – and, like, again, like, where were our weaknesses, right? Defensive backfield, interior defensive line, maybe interior offensive line, which we went and fixed. And then I assume we're going to address linebacker in the draft and probably low stress because, like, our corners that we got are pretty damn versatile too, and I think that's worth noting. So There's, like I, I've never been more sure too, John, of the you know, you talk about a little bit of the Lions draft preview, okay? And you have you had you posted a you know kind of a trade with the Cardinals to get Hopkins and to get better valued picks. I'm not against that. I just think that we gotta do something aggressive with this sixth pick because there's a drop off from huge. if we can't get if we cannot get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, and I am much more in support of getting Will Anderson, like by a lot. Okay, but if we get Jalen Carter, I'm not going to be mad about it. We have to get one of those two guys. We have to. Okay, with that sixth pick. So if you got to trade away a second rounder or that 18th pick to move up a slot or two slots to guarantee that you get one of those two guys. And if you really want to guarantee it, you move up to the third spot to get Will Anderson. Yeah. And you leave no doubt. And that is the move we have to make to. That's like your all in move. And I think there's not even a little bit of a regret if you're able to do that. Um, if Jalen Carter falls to us at six, great. You know, uh, yeah. I think he, he's going to be a good NFL player. I know there's a lot of buzz going on negative about well, him. But look, we had, we had negative to, things to say last week, but I think of something that is worth considering is that dude probably just had one of the worst weeks of his life. And, you know, as far as character issues as a teammate, I haven't heard anything about him being a bad teammate. I think he's just teammates say good things. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just a young an immature kid. human. Like, Put on the film, it. that dude is a baller, okay? He's a baller. And I, we would gladly welcome him into Detroit and allow him to grow up yeah. and right in front of our eyes and help us win a Super Bowl because he's – he's a culture changing team changing level player. That's that's the, I mean, most people had him going number one overall before all this shit started happening. So if we can get a caliber player like that at number six, great. If you move up to five or four to get him, great. If he's picked ahead of Will Anderson and we end up getting Anderson wonderful, I would even rather have that happen. So that's what needs to happen for me to be 
100 percent right. this was a perfect offseason for a trade. Or, or That's trading the with one the Cardinals thing. to go get Anderson, because I'm not mad about that either. I think your need to have like an insanely good interior defensive line is not that high if you have two ridiculously good edge rushers and linebackers yeah. that know how to blitz, which we do, right? Our linebackers aren't great like in coverage and moving laterally and things like that. Our linebackers are really good at plugging gaps in the run game. So, you know, yeah, we uh, I, that is the one thing I think we do lack is that athletic linebacker that's yeah. more of a third down guy because we got to get Anzalone off the field on third down and Rodrigo's right. not much better so right. first and second down sure they're on the field but third down and long after a sack maybe you got to get somebody else on the field dude that can cover well and that's why I like CJ so much is that like he can play nickel he can play safety he can kind of play line like a linebacker as so can Sutton hybrid. honestly Sutton can do yeah. that nickel and you know so you have you I'm options, so excited to see never... what Aaron Glenn gets going with that. And then obviously Pleasant is a really good hire uh, to be the, the DB's coach as well. So it's going to be gross. I'm so excited. That's last thing I'll say about, you know, kind of uh, the Gardner Johnson trade too, is that the reason why he took a pay cut is the stars just happened to align. They offered him a contract. He didn't totally love. They started negotiating and then Eagles got impatient and went and signed Slay when they originally were going to release him instead which honestly I think we would have pursued Slay had he had been the free agent too anyways. But I like Gardner Johnson a million times better for not only fit on the team culture, but he's younger. He has more upside right now. And he took a pay cut to come here like $8 million for the guy that had the most interceptions in the league last year. Like that's, Dude, that's a, I mean, it's, a, it's such a, it's such a big get. It's such a big, it's and people are still, you know, they don't want, and I hate it on the lions, 70% of last season. I've hated on the Lions most of my life. I've had normally a right to, right? But right now, they're doing the right things. Like that's what's changed. That's what's changing for me. That's why my tone with Detroit is changing. It's not that I, you know, I think they're going to be better and all this stuff. I think they're going to be better because they're doing the right things to get better. They're Holmes doing the things just, they never have done this godsend. before ever in our yes. lives ever. We go, we always go sign some stupid free agent that, and we overpay them and, and they don't even want to be here. And they're just coming here. Cause we're paying more than anybody else. That's never going to work. It's never worked. Yep. And now you have a just, bunch of underdogs with underdog mentality who want right, to play here who and come here at reasonable prices. Glasgow who, dude, he was a stud. He just had to get out of there. Cause Patricia was freaking crazy. The fact yeah. that he's back and so excited to be back. He has great chemistry with Decker and Ragno. He's best friends with both of those guys. Like, you know, they used to go fishing all the time together. It's a damn near play. perfect free agency, honestly, for Detroit. Oh, and it's, it's there's amazing. just never been a time in our lives that we've said that. And you have draft value. We brought yeah. back too. Like I think everybody, pretty, I mean, pretty much everybody. everybody. And not only that, but then you have guys taking pay cuts, right? Brockers took a pay cut. Um, there's, I think there's a couple other guys that took pay cuts, literally just to free up cap space. Bugs could have gone somewhere else. He said that he, he took less money to stay here. Um, same thing with Kaminsky. Like, and what do you again, think? Like, sorry. What do ahead. you think of? Um, so the one thing I guess, if I'm thinking of like things we're still missing, like like we've already covered that third down athletic linebacker that can cover. We're definitely missing a guy like that. One more interior D lineman or edge right. rusher, you know, to go opposite of Hutchinson. That's pretty much it, aside from backup quarterback. So we don't really have a true guy if something happens to Goff. What are your thoughts on the Cam Newton? situation he threw at auburn's pro day he has upside as like a goal line extra you know piece that you can throw in there just as like a hey we're gonna either give him the ball or you get an extra six five 250 quarterback that can run a four or five is 
pretty legitimate to have on your roster. Not to mention he's got experience, right? He's played in big games. He seems like he's hungry, underdog, right? People are kind of writing him off. If we can get him for an affordable price, I'd like to see him as a backup. I just think Newton creates a lot of noise everywhere that he goes, and it's it's a little distracting, in my opinion. I would rather if he go accepts in- a backup role coming into it. Like if he sure. comes in and, and we tell him you're not, is that start. his mentality? Like, is, I think I, he wants to start, but if no one else gives him an option and we offer him a few mil to come back up, is that better than sitting on your ass at home? Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. It's, it's just tough. Cause he's never really been like a pocket passer. Um, he's always just been like a very athletic quarterback with a huge arm. And I don't yeah. think like he's, you know, the quickest to make reads and stuff like that, like that, especially like post getting a bunch of really traumatic concussions. He never really was that kind of QB. So I don't know. I don't hate the idea. I'd rather like swing in the draft on somebody like Hendon Hooker, for example. Uh, you know, like somebody that we don't have to pay a ton is going to be reliable, is going to want to learn, has upside, you know, all of that stuff. So um, I don't know. I don't hate that idea. Like there's there's definitely worse quarterbacks to go try to sign right now, but we'll see what happens. Um but another thing, right, is Holmes said that, like, that's an important thing for them to address. And Goff does not have an injury history whatsoever. So I just love no. the fact that he's being forward thinking and wanting to make sure that we're properly shored up at that position. So nothing – we had no bad consequences on not having a good second quarterback Dude, last I'm season. Still here, he still I'm wants st- to – Sure I'm still I'm still hearing rumors on like Lamar Jackson and like Detroit being a good landing spot. Like I don't we don't want him here. No, we do not want that. Contract. There's guys on the Lions we team. Do. They're like, nah, dude, good. we do not want that contract. I trust our guy JD. Okay, yeah. uh, I trust Goff to to do what he did last year to actually improve. I don't want that contract. I don't want the those the risks with him. Um, I I think we're better off with Goff with what we have around him. Like I yeah. really do. I don't think that we should even entertain that for a second. Yeah, I agree. No, I completely agree with you. Um, okay, so now let's talk our worst free agency teams. Let's talk March Madness really quick, and then we'll do this mock draft. Sound good? Sounds really good. I'll start because right. I already I already kind of covered it a little bit. The Rams are my worst team. I got I got ahead of myself. I couldn't help it when we started talking about Micah Parsons. You pulled up the the tweet. You know that he referring to Jalen Ramsey and not wanting to come to Detroit, basically saying, basically beating around the bush, saying nobody wants to leave LA, no one wants to come to Detroit. Okay, well, here's the thing: the Rams just kind of proved that take Micah wrong, right? Because they had a great free agency a couple years ago, and they got Stafford in the trade, and everybody went there and they won their Super Bowl. Great, LA's, you know, everyone loves LA; it's beautiful. I think LA LA is one of the most overrated places in America. All right, and I will stand by that. Totally. And if you're not a celebrity, it's probably one of the worst places to be in America because it's just a bunch of nobodies that want to be somebodies that, let's be honest, only 1% of people become that somebody that everyone's going to L.A. to become. Good, and even wealthy people have a hard time there. You hear so many stories of wealthy people getting, you know, like approached by homeless people. and like Yeah, or like there's a drug like problem. That. There's a big yeah. drug problem in L.A. Yeah. I mean, those people, some, some of those people, the people that don't have money have like depression issues and then they use drugs and alcohol as like to cope. And then the people that do have money have so much of it. They don't know what to do. So they're buying Coke and doing all this, you know, doing shrooms, doing acid, just like experimenting with their, you know, exterior world because they have so much money and time. They don't know what to do with it. Right. So it's just a bad combination. Um, You have so many people that go out there to be actresses and end up just doing porn. Like LA is no, I'm out on LA. Um, I'm going to hate on LA. 
because I can uh, and because so Detroit funny. gets more hate than anyone else. Yeah, but I mean, Detroit is nothing like it's a third world country. And that's yeah, that's I mean, the only dude, reason Mark and I are getting this defensive about it. I get is defensive like, about it. Yeah. Dallas, but, really? L.A., really? Like, I get Detroit's not like a vacation destination by any means. But let's stop acting like L.A. and Dallas are like the best. It's a destination for yeah. winning football games starting now. <laughs> I'll say that it hasn't been. But hey, places change, you know, places change exactly. and Detroit's becoming something, something special is happening here. It's pretty obvious. I mean, you've heard Ben Johnson, you've heard Anzalone, you've heard Campbell, you've heard Swift, you've heard Jamal Williams before he left. Everyone's saying it. Um, and it's just becoming more and more obvious. So that's my worst team is the Rams. They didn't do anything in free agency. They actually lost several key pieces. They got destroyed in the trade, giving up Ramsey. They lost Bobby Wagner. They lost, they lost Matt Gay, who was one of their best players as a specialist. Um, I mean, they just didn't do anything. You know, they lost Baker Mayfield, their backup quarterback. They're going to lose Allen Robinson. Who they, knows I mean, if Aaron Donald's even going to play? Aaron Donald hasn't anybody. even said he's going to play for sure. I mean, I, yeah. I think he's going to, but no, he's he's, he, I think he's going to run it back. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it's just everybody's tapped out. They got their ring. They're tapped out. They got their yeah. ring. They're tapped out. No one wants to be there right now. Um, Stafford's been, it sounds like Stafford's not even a guarantee he's going to play one or two more seasons. Like, he's going to be he's a question probably got mark one every season year. left in him if I had to guess. Yeah. So. Like, so. Now, you just kind of laugh at that take. So my worst yes. is the Colts because this team should not be this bad. You look at this team on paper and you're like, what's the problem except quarterback, right? And they just can't figure it out. They have a ton of dead money they got to deal with now with cutting Matt Ryan. He stinks. I think we all kind of saw that coming to some degree, right? They've done this entire veteran quarterback carousel thing for years now, and it has never worked out for them. Um, can't, seem, can't seem to lose from their or uh, learn from their mistakes. And then, right, they signed Gardner Minshew, who's probably going to be their starter to start the season because their quarterback options for where they're at in the draft, not very high, right? Like, again, four, you're going Levis, Anderson, uh, Richardson, sorry, um, right? Like, that's those are risky guys that are going to need to develop. Uh, Levis had horrible uh, interception issues. Um, you get Matt yeah, Gay, Besides, besides like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, dude, I don't, I don't trust really any of the quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's it's rough. And, like, there's this list is relatively short, right? And every, I'm, I hate to say it, but literally, with the exception of speed at linebacker, I They did get Isaiah McKenzie, that. too, right? Yeah, they got McKenzie. Yeah, which is okay. What he's the, He was the three or four receiver. Um, yeah. For So, I don't know. That was my worst team. I think they're going to be the, the worst team in their division uh, next Minshew year. Minshew mania, man. Minshew yeah. mania. Gonna be gonna be wild, and I, look, I have nothing against Gardner Minshew. I mean, he's oh, actually I love Minshew. Yeah, he's but play, he's not he's a starter. Okay, but he's not a starter. Yeah, one of the better so, backups you'll find. But not where's that Sweet Sixteen graphic you sent me? Oh, it's right here. My should bad. be on the Twitter sphere. So March Madness. Uh, Mark doesn't deserve all the flack that Jack and I gave him. He actually predicted two things right, and um, that was the fact that. Uh, a lot of one seeds were going to struggle and the big 10 is fraudulent. And if you look at who remains, both of those things were pretty damn accurate actually. So hats off to Mark for that. Um, but the rest of my picks sucked. He built so. the rest. He built his bracket based off of those two assumptions and you just can't build a bracket based on upsets. You're not going to, your bracket. Yeah, I got a little bit, I got a little bit trend happy. You know, I knew those, I felt pretty good about those two things. And then I just made every pick every pick with those two things in mind. Right. And uh, yeah, for me, um, the Midwest side of my bracket is, is still perfect. Um, the West side of my bracket, I think I have one wrong selection on 
out of the entire thing. So I'm doing okay. Um, out of a pool of 30 people, I'm in third place. So we'll see what happens. Um, I absolutely fumbled the bag on the South because I picked the wrong upsets, right? Probably a similar yeah. thing on why, why your bracket's imploding. And then That's I also the picked Duke to win like you did. So John, do you have three teams from this graphic? Um, three teams that you'd, you'd pick that you think have the best odds to win the whole thing right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm still high on UConn. Uh, they okay. look really impressive, honestly. Um, right. Same thing with UCLA. I know they're on the same side of the bracket, but I think both of those teams have a legitimate shot at it. And then, honestly, like I know we said Alabama has karma and all these other things associated. I, I can't deny how they've looked the best, you know, the, this weekend. Like they, they looked really, really good this, this past all weekend. Right. So that's kind my, of my, uh, my three are UConn. Like you said, they, I think they, they have all the pieces. They have the right coach. They can shoot. They have size. They play good defense. You heard Rick Pitino say that's the best team they've seen, you know, all year. If UConn plays well, uh, plays to their capability, they're, I think, one of the best teams left. Um, Houston, I, I kind of, I hate going with the one seed, but Houston with Marcus Sasser, I thought was going to be slow kind of coming back into his role after his injury. He looks amazing and they, they, they go when he goes. So right. if he wants to take them all the way, he'll take them all the way. Um, and then honestly, a team that people are forgetting about, well, I'll give you two, the teams that two teams that people are forgetting about Kansas state looks really, really good. And they have the mm -hmm. guard play that can get you there. I think they blow out Michigan State, by the way, in the Sweet I think so, game. too. I, I, I really, really don't think, think it's so. going to be close. But yeah. Kansas State's a team I think that can do it. They can go all the way. And then the Zags, dude. People, Drew Timmy, I mean, he's this is his – I think it's his sixth tournament or seventh dude, he, tournament. He's a grown-ass man. I, when I saw that he was – because, again, I don't follow uh, NCAA basketball very closely. When I saw that he was still – playing for them I was the like, COVID, wait, dude the COVID what? year has gifted right. him you know he's that like dude, 45 years old and he's, he's yeah, still playing it's unbelievable. basketball but people forget about them dude and I'm telling you th that UCLA Zags rematch I mean last year was probably the best college basketball game I've ever watched with Jalen yeah. Suggs hitting that half, half court floater that banked in to win We're really excited to see that matchup but the Zags people are forgetting about the Zags I put them as my three four team uh, in there that's left of these 16 that can win the whole damn thing. I'm out on Alabama just because I believe the karma will catch up to them. I think San Diego State is a good defense, not great on offense. Um, one team I think we got to give a shout-out to here is Princeton. The Nerds, dude. The Nerds, Revenge the 15th the in the Sweet 16. Did you watch them play at all? I watched both games, yeah. So how about right. them rebounding the ball? Where are they getting yeah. this? Like, where is Princeton getting the size? Like, why are those guys not at Kentucky or Michigan? Right. or duke well not not to mention too right and you talk about like rebounds what the hell is purdue doing oh you know like i mean they had all the size in the world i was again don't watch a lot of uh, ncaa basketball uh what's his face uh their center that's like freaking yeah that is the biggest human being i've ever seen in my life he was making other dudes on the basketball court look like they were like toddlers he's seven and he was foot like a high four, i think he's seven foot four yeah. seven foot five. he's yeah, seven four i mean and like but what are you doing in the paint there? You're not getting half the rebounds. Like you, you guys are struggling to funnel the ball to him. And then you're just going for threes. You make five threes out of 20 something attempts and you're still going for it when you're only down by like three points. Like, dude, play basketball. <laughs> yeah. What was your favorite? What was your favorite game of the, of this past weekend? I, mine was uh, Furman. Mine was Furman upsetting Virginia and just Furman, an absolute. Furman was sweet. Um, 
I honestly watching Purdue lose that was really entertaining. It was obviously. fun. It is fun to uh, see Purdue lose. I don't know what it is about Purdue. Yeah. And the then, fact uh, that they're one seed losing is awesome, but just Purdue losing is hilarious. There was one game that had me sweating in the in the second um round that was really close and I'm forgetting who it was, so my bad. Can- but... Kansas maybe they they cuz that Arkansas Kansas game was a good game. Yeah. Um Dude, the the Furman ending, I just real quick want to cover this because, you know, <laughs> there's just no reason for him to turn and throw that ball like that blindly up the court. There's There was several options that they could have done to still win that game. He could have called a timeout. Right. Okay. And keep in mind, that's a sixth-year guard that had the ball right. in his hands, right? Sixth-year guy that you would trust. Um, he could have called a timeout. He could have allowed them to tie the ball up and you do a neutral possession, which the possession arrow was pointed towards them getting the ball back anyway. Right. So they would have just had a chance to inbound it again. Right. Um, or he could have thrown it off someone's shoe or something. No, it was especially with how much time was left. Like, what are you or, doing? Or keep in mind, just keep hold the ball and make them foul you. Right. <laughs> and go shoot was, free throws so it was really bad it was it was, the, it was, it was really literally bad. the only thing that he could do in that moment to have them lose the game it was the only thing and he did it and it I was just, like a, feel it was like for the kid, but it's a, dude i had i had it was people, literally the patriots uh, literally uh, it was literally game. jacoby myers it was jacoby like, myers version all you have to that. do is nothing <laughs> yes it was literally the same thing it was the same exact thing um i had people texting me so mad that bet on virginia they're like dude i'm gonna drive there and i'm actually gonna hurt oh my god guy. i'm like dude relax so you know i had firm and money line baby it was it was really really bad so again shout out mark because he he was right. Lots and lots of upsets all over the chaos. place. One still going to be chaos in the Sweet 16. That's my. Yeah. I just posted a new prediction thing on the Sweet nice. 16. Check it out uh, if you haven't already. Chaos, dude. Chaos. One yeah. seeds are in danger. Alabama's in danger here soon. Maybe not this round, but next round. For sure. Um, which I mean, a one seed in the elite. Eight. Now, what's Princeton going to do? Because honestly, I uh, think Princeton's going to win. I know. Week. That's what I was going to say. Is like Creighton has not looked too good this entire time i mean time, like so. they're a good team but like you know princeton looks like one of the better teams in terms of how they're playing in the whole thing and i'm telling you if you can rebound like that revenge you can beat nerds, anybody revenge there's the potential nerds, to beat anybody if you re- they were out rebounding missouri who had way more like i'm like where are these guys coming from on princeton i was like <laughs> i thought princeton would be five white dudes straight up no one above six foot seven right <laughs> those are normally what those teams look like right but yeah, they all have those some guys, schools, dude. Right? They have some guys on that Princeton team that should be playing at like Michigan or or Duke, like that are six ten, that can jump, that are good rebounders, that can make that are big, strong guys that can make moves in the post. I'm like, where is Princeton getting these guys? You mix right. that with the shooting they have and a great coach, like they're a dangerous team. Well, and I think you got to consider like you know how quickly turnover in college basketball is now where, you know, guys are going to the NBA so quickly. Like it really right. does give opportunities for some of these smaller schools, smaller teams that don't get that kind of like recognition Facts. or that evaluation. Like it gives Facts. them a better opportunity to go up against some of these, you know, bigger division one schools because of the fact that like, you know, they, those division one schools are funneling half their team to the NBA every year. That so. is one of that right there. John is the, anchor reason as to why we saw what we saw in March this this the first weekend like all those upsets all the chaos all these nobody teams beating teams that are you know have this standard of winning like what you just said is a huge reason why right so that's just that's just facts right there I have nothing else to say I can't top what you just said 
That's just 100% true. I appreciate it. Um, switching back to football, do you want to do this Lions mock draft? Uh, yeah, seven dude. Rounds, let's all do this good stuff. Let's do let's do let's do the mock draft. And you know, once again, to be clear, of John and I both think we should be aggressive with this first pick. So, do you want to do it with that with us doing a trade there? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, no? let's yeah, totally. So let's try. Um, do you want to go what six rounds? Is that cool? Or do you want to do all let's, seven? Do you want to do five? Yeah, let's do let's do let's do the first five rounds. Cool. Okay, and let's uh, if we can, let's trade up to get the third or fourth pick. So what we can do here is it will actually give us a probability that this can happen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in my trade proposal and actually see what um, PFF says the statistical like likelihood that that's gonna happen. So what we're asking for is their three, their 34, and their 66. And for those that didn't watch my TikTok or short or whatever, the reason why I think the Cardinals will bite on this is they get two first-round draft picks out of it in a rebuild year for them because Kyler's hurt, and I think they're just kind of throwing this year in the trash a little bit anyways. And also, Holmes does really shines in the later rounds. And as Mark alluded to, like there's really not a whole lot we need in the first round. So let's be aggressive and get the guy that we want, which Holmes is really great at being without being stupid about it. And then let's have so much capital in the later rounds that we can get linebackers, interior offensive line, interior defensive line, maybe a wide receiver, something like that. All of these like you know positions that would be stupid to draft in the first round, let's just load up and add that. So 334. 66 for our 18 and six. So currently it says this has a 31% chance to be accepted, right? So maybe you swap that out for the 96 or whatever. And then we also got to go and grab Hopkins. So this says very low chance to be accepted. Yeah. I think, I think Hopkins being in there is the, now, is the tough, thing, right? the thing with it though, is that like you look at what the wide receiver trade market is right now. It's like, third and fourth round picks. So uh, getting the one in there is the tough part. Let's see, 32% chance, 77% chance if you just take their 66 and 34. So do you want to try to roll with this? Do you want to try to trade elsewhere? Uh, we can also that, dude. look at the Seahawks. Roll with this. Let's, All right. Yeah, let's roll with that. Let's get the third pick. Let's get let's get our guy Will, you know. Trades accepted. Okay. Now, obviously, we have to wait to do this trade, though, on draft day because we have to make sure Will Anderson's available. Because if he gets taken first or second, trade's off. Right. So we have to wait till the till they're on the clock and call them. I think both you know of I mean? these teams are for sure going quarterback. That's I think so, opinion. too, but you never know, dude. You never right. know. Bryce Young throws this pro day this week. CJ Stroud did today. Um, you know, if one of those guys don't look good, you could see Will Anderson or Jalen Carter rising. Right. So on the clock, Bryce Young went first. CJ Stroud went second. I think in reality, it's going to be flipped. It's going to be flipped. Um, yeah. And you we're going to draft that. Will Anderson. Yeah. Boom. Love it. Got our guy. Beautiful. So then it'll simulate up to the. So what's our next pick now? Our next pick now is what? Uh, next pick 40s? is 48. Okay. So we got a minute there. But again, I, we have we did so well in free agency. I don't hate this. Like I don't hate no, having I really the ball. I think we go linebacker here, John. Or uh, I let's or take a look. Receiver. 
receiver. Interesting. I was also going to say, look at uh, interior defense, right? Nobody that I really love here. Check out, check out. Um, yeah, let's Wide see. Receiver. Don't love any. And then we'll check out LB, of course. There's got to be. Uh... Henley's pretty legit. And Sanders is also pretty legit. Scroll down a little bit, too. I just want to see who else they have. Next linebacker is Williams, who I'm not really familiar can with. Can you can you can you filter to just linebackers? Uh, I think I have to deselect the other two. There we go. Um, oh, Ivan Pace is still there, dude. Go with Pace. I love Pace from Cent. Love now, him, dude. We Athletic. can probably shoot for him lower, though, in my opinion. You think? Yeah. His his so his rank is 107. So PFF okay. is suggesting he's like a third or fourth round kind of guy. Who's that quarterback that you like? Yo, a we lot? could get yeah. him with our quarterback uh Duggan, but we shouldn't pick him this high. Okay. Corner corner or quarter? Did you say corner? corner. I like um go to corner and see if he's there. It's his name's uh Phillips. Right there. Yeah. And so also 78. Another thing yeah, I so we can get might want to look at then is re receiver or interior. What about tight end? Check tight end real quick. Is the guy from Georgia still there? The tight end. Darnell Washington's still there. That's who Take you Take him. Yeah. Take him. So look, I think we're going to do this. We're going to go Phillips and then we're going to go that linebacker that you like too. Love that, dude. If we pull that off. So right. CB. So now we're on the we're on the what pick is this? 55th. Yep. So 55th overall is Phillips still there is the question. Phillips from is Utah. still there. Now, why I'm so high on him is because I watched him play in several games. He's going to be a guy that people, there's a lot of guys that will put ahead of him because he doesn't really stand out when you look at measurables and stuff. He's just a dog, dude. He's a playmaker. He's got a great knack for jumping routes. He's an interception machine. He's very physical in the red zone. He's an awesome man-to-man -man player which we need because we'll play a decent amount of man-to-man -man in Detroit. And then he's just a playmaker, man. Like he's just, right. he has that mentality. He's not going to stand out when you look at him. He's not going to be like, oh, he's long. He looks athletic. No, he's kind of shorter, um, but he's just a playmaker. Another guy I like too is Tomlinson right there out of TCU. You got him on the fourth one down. Uh, he's nephew of LaDainian Tomlinson from the Chargers days back uh, when he was running back with the Chargers. That's his nephew. He's a stud too. Freak athlete, another we can, undersized. We guy. can probably grab all three of these guys. Tomlinson's probably not going to be there by fifty-five. He might be. I'd probably rather grab him and then go for for uh, Phillips and. Uh, okay, I'm, dude, I'm good with either one of those guys. If we get one of that. those two, and then our next pick. So our next pick here is sixty-sixth overall, which is where we'd go, Phillips, in my opinion. Phillips or Pace. Pace is still available, from what I. Okay. Let me just double check that so you don't hate me if he doesn't make it there. Yeah, he's still here. 107. Next pick's 81, so we'd still be picking him early, but I'm fine with that. Okay. So go Phillips. So we went back-to-back -back DBs, right? Yep. So we're loaded in the defensive back room. And then we'll go LB and grab Pace right there. Yeah, he's a stud with Cincinnati. Um, athletic guy. Freak athlete. And then I think the, yeah, the only Lions pick they got left is 152. We have no round four picks uh, this season, unfortunately. 
I love the fact that we got Washington with that second with our second round pick. He's dude, a, and dude, he's a freak. And, just and, have him go he, block the shit out of everybody, and it's always a Mitchell. But he's mis, also a mismatch a anyways. Nightmare. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say he's a mismatch anyways, and he's literally gonna be Goff's like fourth option with who we have. Now I could see him getting taken way higher because he yeah. continues to rise. But okay, with our last pick, I would let's look, check out the quarterbacks. Okay. I just want to see who who's left. Stetson's there. That's it. Is Max Duggan there? Uh um, yes, he, he is. He's down there. He is. Another one that I don't hate, honestly, is uh is DTR. Really athletic dude. Not the best uh thrower from what I've seen. I would like take du- I would take Duggan or Stetson Bennett with this with this pick and feel good. I let's go with Stetson because I feel like his play more closely models goffs than duggan even though he's a good bit shorter that's even you don't think you you would you would rather have him even with some of the character stuff that he's had i don't know man he's he's been playing football a long ass time he's kind of already an old man already that's kind of how i'm saying do you want to go with the younger guy a couple years younger duggan by the time he's kind of got underdog mentality and he's a ginger too which we've seen with cooper rush that's you know pretty pretty good uh and your boy andy dalton and and my boy Andy Dalton, my favorite quarterback of all time, Saints legend. Uh, I would be good with either, and I think they both will be there. And the, let's go, in real let's job. go, Duggan. Why not? Yeah, dude. He, Duggan, Duggan. Honestly, Michigan. We'd take any of these guys probably in like the sixth or seventh round in actuality. Right. But since we're doing a five round draft, it's whatever. This is gonna fill out. PFF yeah, is would... gonna give us a horrible grade on this, by the way, but that's fine. Hey, I don't care what PFF gives us. You know, no, that's why I said that's fine. I don't care what PFF. It's, be, it's. I think also it's because we took. You know, we probably should take an offensive lineman, maybe with instead of one of those corners. But oh yeah, look at all these C plus draft. Let's go, baby. But honestly, like again, to me, it's gonna be. Uh, we could be totally wrong on this, by the way, and I'm still just fine with it because of the fact that I think Brad Holmes is legitimately just going to fall in love with certain players regardless of what their position is, regardless of the positional need, could be a receiver, could be a running back, could be a linebacker. I don't know. What I do know is that he's going to find players that he knows have value based off of where he's selecting them in the draft, and he's going to pick them, right? And some of these people you might have never heard of, others, you know, like I, I didn't know who the hell Kirby Joseph was when he selected him. Not on my radar whatsoever. Rodriguez was, but Kirby Joseph was not. Dude's a stud. Right, he's probably going to develop into a really good NFL safety, and that's the type of. I mean, Amon Ra, right? Like, we don't even need to have a conversation about that. That's perfect, perfect drafting. Um, but look, getting some more depth at corner. I know you just signed free agents yeah. there, but if, I mean, if I would redo it, I would probably take just one of those two between Phillips sure. and Tomlinson, and I would be good with either. Those are my two favorite corners in the draft, honestly. Um, Will Anderson's obviously the primary get for us. And then if we're able to get Washington, you know, it looks like PFF has him as the 71st overall on the, on the big board. We got him at 48. So we probably could have got him with our next round, round pick too, pick. maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying like, if we can get him and a, a, one of those two corners, and then we have to get an inside linebacker pay. I'm not, it doesn't have to be pace. I mean, there's other guys like him. Now, uh, does pace have the kind of, uh, you know, horizontal athleticism to kind of fill that need. Cause that's like, yeah, I want that's, us to go that's linebacker. Why I, that's why I, right. he stood out to me compared to those other guys on the board yeah. there when we, but 
there's guys better than pace that we could get in. And I think maybe we even go linebacker before we go corner or Washington, sure. you know, for getting it's more, end. a slightly more immediate need. That's the thing, exactly. man. Like I think Rodriguez and Anzalone are, are totally fine for what they're doing. People are so mad that we paid Anzalone. I just disagree with it. Honestly, I don't there's, love it. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't, I, he's just kind of, um, he's kind of, eh, you know, right. I mean, he, it's he, like, he, it's he, like, locking what he in is. A, right. It's like locking in a good third receiver option, right? Like that's how I feel. Yeah. It. It's not, yeah. this, we're not paying Anzalone. We didn't overpay for him. We're paying him like what, like 4 million in guaranteed money a year, which is not bad. And what he does is, uh, you know, first and second down, he plugs the shit out of whatever gap he's supposed to hit. That's all you need the dude to do. We do need somebody who's more athletic, able to get horizontal, able to cover, able to read things a little bit quicker. But I'm totally fine with it as long as we kind of address that in the draft. That's kind of how I feel. You know who? Things. You know who's another guy too that we could get very late and maybe mm-hmm. even in free agency if he goes undrafted. And I don't know where his. Can you can you do me a favor and look where he is on the big board if he's on there? Troy Brown. Who we're working on coming on as a guest as well. One of my former teammates. He he's uh, grad transferred to Ole Miss. He's a linebacker. He might be considered more of an outside guy because of his size, but he's a guy that can cover a good backer to have on the field on third down. He's kind of almost like a hybrid safety outside linebacker. He would be a steal if we can find a way to get him on our roster. Um, he's he- actually not even on. The, Great. The, so there's yeah, a chance we could get him. So you could probably get him as a as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, he was a three time all first team guy in the MAC. He had a really good um, SEC career too since he transferred. I mean, was he was the one who sacked Will Levis when they played and you know hurt his hurt his uh, arm in that game. So he's got big moment experience and he's a hell of a playmaker, freak athlete too. You know. Yeah. No, I I just love the fact that we literally don't feel any pressure like at any position really like we can address positions. what's the what's the one way because there's always a way you can screw up right i mean everything's going so well everybody it seems like everyone who's a lions fan is loving everything we've done there's really not any hate except for maybe the anzalone thing but again nothing drastic what's the one thing that the lions could do that would just like throw all of this sideways i think it's taking a quarterback with a six pick i completely agree i think the way that Holmes has built this, he wants to win a lot this season and he wants to keep his job. And the only way both of those things are going to happen is if the team is built, not necessarily like without the future in mind, because I don't think that's the case. I think he's built this team to have a lot of longevity, but I just don't think quarterback like, man, if if that's what we're going to do, right. If that's really what we want to do, let's trade up and go get Williams next year. Like I feel so much better about that than what our options are going to be at six. Like I, that would be the one thing that sets me off. Like re- really, the one thing this entire draft. I don't care what Holmes does, with the exception of taking the quarterback at six. That's kind of how I feel about it. That's Honestly, how I feel I'd rather too. I'd rather we trade back at six if or a uh, running back Carter at or Anderson six. Aren't there. I don't want I mean, a running back at six too. But I don't. I don't because I wouldn't Robinson be like at six. I don't. Think I mean, that's he's happening. he is projected a top ten talent on the board. If he's there at eighteen, though, like, go. For I don't it. think we need it. I mean, I uh, wouldn't say we. I think he is a generational running back, but with Montgomery and Swift, you know, I guess it gives us room to kind of work trading Swift. Um, right. Which is you know, what I'd like, look to do next season. I, right. I don't think so I, we should extend him. I think we we should keep Montgomery and we should address another running back in the draft, like frankly. Right. So I don't know, but yeah, I mean that's that's really it. 
And I just love the fact that Holmes has all the freedom that he does now to just go and get the guys he likes without any pressure. Um, I would be absolutely shocked if this team does not win the NFC North next season. I really think people are saying, oh, the Vikings, the Vikings. I think we're going to beat the shit out of the Vikings. Both well, we already teams. did. I think we know, are going to. Yeah, but game. they beat us in the first game. They got they got. But a we played horribly. And that was I Dan think, Campbell at his finest, just doing random, you know, yeah. Dan Campbell talk about horribly coached games. That was one of his worst. Yeah, I completely agree. And it seemed like he learned from it, though. And he, I mean, he says he he takes the regrets from that game with him everywhere. He won't stop thinking about that. The decisions. He That's made. really the only thing that still worries me a little bit about, you know, any doubt because we won some games, right? everything looked better at the end of last. I still have a little bit of doubts about Dan Campbell's ability to manage a game. You know, he, he's I doing a great he's job motivating as a head coach though, throughout the I think season, he has too. In the he's same way better, that our players have. Like, I think, I think he's he gotten better as a head coach. So John, my only worry is like, you look at like, you look at like the coaches of the last, I don't know, five or six Super Bowls, Right. And you start to want, you know, you start to look at those names and it's like, okay, those guys are all legendary coaches, right? There's one common thing. They all have quarterback and superstar coaches, right? So, and I don't know if we have either. That's my one worry in Detroit. And that's what I think people have been saying. Like when I, cause I, I, we, me and John definitely jumped the gun. We're saying they're going to win the NFC, look out for him, Super Bowl watch. And people are like, dude, are you nuts? Your quarterback's golf and you still have Dan Campbell's your no, It's like, like, well, I, look, the Eagles were nine and eight. And they had a young, talented team, and nobody was saying they were going to the Super Bowl the next year. They drafted super well. They plugged some areas that they needed to plug, and then they went and crushed it in the playoffs. They did not even have a difficult time getting to the Super Bowl. We've talked about this. So to me, like the Lions have the ability to do the exact same thing. And honestly, as far as the head coaches go, kind of similar profiles, right? I think Campbell's like less annoying. <laughs> like Campbell, yeah. like when Sirianni talks, I'm like, I'm Sirianni's, to a I think Sirianni's guy. smarter than Dan Campbell in terms of just X's and O's. I mean, he's that's what off, you have Ben Johnson for, though. Yeah, Ben Johnson is very smart. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying, Ben, Dan ben Campbell, Johnson has a has a degree in math, by the way, dude. I don't know it, if you know that. People, he's just. That's my only worry. Is all I'm saying with the Lions. I get is it. I get it. Dan Campbell. You know what I mean? I love the guy. He does a lot of things well, but to take that next step like the Lions are preparing to do roster wise, assistant coaches wise, draft wise, that head coach position does like, you know, he's Here's kind of thing, an idiot though. at times. You without know, without Dan Campbell, the Lions come out of the one and six darkness to end up with a winning season. I don't think so. Like I, I really we're not think... in the, we're not in a one and six without him either. I think That's we're fair. three and three or four That's and fair. two. That's fair. So that's that's my whole thing, right? People give him credit for the turnaround, and he deserves a lot of the credit. But he was a big part of why we won three games the year previous, and why we started one and six. Right. And that's just we weren't that bad roster wise. We really weren't. Like we weren't good. But well, I, I think our biggest issue, honestly, too, was that we were still very much let's call it developing at defense. Right? We are not going to have that problem. We are going to hit the ground running in week one next season. We have a very experienced defensive backfield. We're going to have an upgraded defensive line, most likely. And we're going to have the the inexperience of guys like Joseph and Rodriguez. None of that's going to be there anymore. So that's my can opinion we, on it. Sorry, Can go we do one more thing, John? And can we look at um, the Lions schedule? I'm sending you this right now on your Twitter. 
So that should pop up in your messages here in a second. But let's just look at this and just go through kind of win losses really quick and be like, okay, what do we think? Because I think it looks pretty favorable. And there's some games that are tough, but I think it's a pretty favorable schedule to not only win the division, but have potentially, a, you know, 11, 12 plus wins. I said this when I first saw the schedule and I'm going to double down on it right now. There is, I'd say an above 50% chance that we go undefeated at home. I really, truly believe that. Yeah. I mean, you got your division game, like the Vikings could be tough depending on, you know, at home, the Raiders, though, the Raiders, if we're going to lose to the better. Vikings, if we're going to lose to the Vikings, we're going to lose to them at Minnesota, in my opinion. No way at Ford Field. Uh, I'm thinking Raiders could pull one off, but honestly, I am not sold at all on Josh McDaniel, like at the slightest in being a good head coach. And I that think home Trabalos, opener, dude, that, that home opener against Chicago is so big. It's so big because Chicago. Well, we don't know. We don't know if that's exactly the case, right? The schedule. These are the opponents. The schedule has not been released, so we oh, don't know. Okay. We don't know for a fact if Chicago is actually the first team we play to kick off the season. Um. So yeah, I mean, look, we might struggle with Denver. We might struggle with the Raiders. We might struggle. I honestly, I don't think we're going to struggle with Carolina at home because that, that's a revenge game for multiple reasons, right? Stole yeah. a bunch of our coaches, uh, stole some of our players, and. Uh, were essentially the loss that kept us out of the playoffs last season. That's a revenge game right there. Revenge 100%. Game. Um, but seriously, I think this these could all potentially be wins. Looking at the away schedule. It's tough. It's tougher. I'm scared of KC. Chargers. I'm scared of the Chargers. Uh, I'm more scared of the Saints than I used to be. That's a revenge game technically too. If Lamar's um, playing, that's Ravens game is. Ravens is going to be tough and Cowboys is going to be tough. Right. So those are five games that I think we could lose away. My prediction for the season, 11 and six. Yeah, I could see. I think, I think we win more than 10 games. I think we probably win. I think we steal one of those games. You just said those tough away games. I think we steal one or two of those. And I think we lose one home game. So I'll, so go, I'll go. You're going like 13 and four. 13. I'm going to say 12 wins. 12 wins. Okay. So I think for the first time in our history, what is the, friends, what is the, Marcus what is more the actual, optimistic? On what is the, schedule. oh, that's for sure. First, <laughs> what is the actual uh, over under in terms of wins? Oh, betting? Lions record. I'm curious because it had under. to have gone up and it'll move again, but. If you can even get it right now. Yeah, it the, the odds haven't dropped. If I remember correctly, they dropped in the summer last time, like June or so. Yeah. Um, Maybe their odds the to win the Super Bowl are plus 3,000, 3, which I think is like the like ninth or 10th best. Um, to win the NFC, it's plus 1,100, which I think is like the third best. And then to win the NFC North is plus 155, which is the best. So Wow. We're, pick, we're favored to win the division. When was the last time that happened? <laughs> couldn't tell you i could not tell you so look and i can't it, it's it. it's just lining up so well too john because not only are we putting the pieces together but the division around us right Thielen leaves minnesota that's a huge loss for them rogers leaves green bay 
That's a huge loss for them. Yes, the Bears seem to be kind of rising, but they're still, I think, behind they're us not, in terms they're of... They're not ready to go yet. We embarrassed right. the Bears at home. That We were so clearly the better team, it wasn't even funny. Like, they were mentally checked out by the second half of that game, which doesn't yeah. really happen in the NFL. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you're going to not hear the end of this for the next four months for Mark and I. Like, especially offseason, we don't really have a whole lot better to talk about. The Lions are going to be ready to go, and I'm super excited for it. Expect some more um, movie reviews out of me, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll get those going. I need to, <laughs> you know what I saw, actually? Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Which I haven't watched Oscars. that. Is it worth the watch? It's the weirdest movie you will ever watch, and at the same time, you'll like be ready to shed a tear by the end of it. So I was told, I was told that I would cry, laugh, poop my pants, and be hungry all at once. Yeah, it's it's probably accurate. Okay, I don't know. I don't. If, like, I don't know, I don't know what the what hunger means. Part. I don't know what the hunger part. It was a very from. weird thing, but that's why I remember it. Hmm. It was a good friend of both of ours. I'm not going to drop her name live, but she told me that that's what would happen. That's just a very emotionally like it just hits everywhere. Yeah, you're like, but like while you're watching it, you're like, why the hell am I in my feels about this? This is the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Is it so, a good like like watch or no watch? Watch 100% watch. No doubt in my mind. Okay. So that's been on my list of like maybes. Okay. Of... <laughs> You'll have to text me one to check out and we'll, we'll recap uh, next week. What, what are our opinions? Of the maybe movies. I'll, maybe I'll, is there like an exciting ending or like, should I like film like my reaction to the ending of the movie or anything? No, it's, it's, there's not like a, a, like a big epic moment like that, but I would be interested to hear your opinion on it for sure. Sounds good. I, I'm going to have to watch that pretty soon. All right. We will see you guys next week with some more movie reviews and some more off season talk. And, uh, you know, potentially a couple killer guests before this draft happens. Some killer too. guests come in draft prep, dude, our merch, my merch right here. I'm repping it. Uh, wow. hats are nice. Our shit. Check them out. Let's go. And we got more stuff coming too. Um, we're work John and I are working on that right now, designing some new stuff for closer to the season, some team issued stuff. Uh, yeah. Hey, let well, us know what, what teams you want to see for sure. Obviously Lions we know the lions, of them, but we know we have a lot of Cowboys people that, uh, basically us. listen to us just to hate. Uh, they hate us because we hate on them. So I would like to thank the Cowboys fans for supporting the social media algorithm just to let us know. How they're there, dude. They're there opinion. and they're strong in force. They are a lot of Niners fans too. That's interesting. Hey, I always got favorable opinions about the line, the Niners. I love the way that team runs itself. So, you know, y- y'all can hang. Let's go. We just love party. football all together, dude. So just expect some new merch coming out. Check out the merch we have. Check us on our social media. Uh, we love That's all been, you guys. Ticker's been down there since the start of the episode. This John time. got the go. ticker right this time. Let's go, baby. Um, check, check us, out, us guys. out. We will catch you later. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>